When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Welcome back. This is Mo and Scott Colbranson. We are your hosts. We are guiding you through the offseason. That's right. The signpost up ahead says NFL Combine. Past that says NFL Draft. And then there's a little bit of a dead period. And then we get camp and then we get back into it in full swing. So thanks for being with us. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, do us a favor and please subscribe. Also put on auto downloads. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscription and the notification bell. Okay, Mo, we, I sent you this piece after uh, Andrew wrote it, but Andrew Brandt, if you don't know Andrew Brandt, you can check him out. He's a great follow on Twitter, by the way, if you want to follow the business of sports and the business of the NFL. Um, former Green Bay Packers front office executive, significant in the signing and the kind of uh, contract structure for uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, and that's not what we're talking about today, not Aaron Rodgers uh, in general. But also, uh, he is a, a professor at Villanova University on sports business. And he brought up a point because I've said it, you've said it, and I think we said it in the right way where we said, hey, you have to get rookies on contract. You have to get rookie contracts to build your team. You have to manage the cap effectively. And Andrew's premise is that it is not big quarterback contracts that are the problem. It is bad cap management because, and I want to read some of these stats, Mo, because they're, they're pretty stellar. And then we'll get into the discussion, which he talks about rookie contracts, right? That the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, in the NFL makes the cap management uh, of utmost importance. And what he talks about is rookie contracts. That's a four-year contract. As you know, you get a fifth year option. You can't renegotiate a rookie contract until your third year. The NFL rosters today, Mo, 50 to 60% of them have uh, uh, players on their team that are on those rookie contracts. And if you look at the players, you're, if you average, let's say, 30 players on a rookie contract, that's a million dollars a year. That's $30 million to half your team. And you might have a $224 million cap space, right, with the, with the cap. And so that's his point, is that it's cap management versus cash management, which we'll get to in a second. But his premise, Mo, if you think about it, if half your team is making $30 million, that leaves you quite a bit of money. So I'm not saying the Raiders need to go there, because you and I have been very public about our support of the Raiders going all they can to get C.J. Stroud to get a young quarterback. Dave Ziegler's statement the other day that, hey, we might not know exactly what we're going to do. We might not fix it this year. We might not get that quarterback for the next 10 years in 2023. And people, the discussion has been around, we can't afford Aaron Rodgers because we have to build the defense or we can't go trade for Lamar Jackson. Not, not saying that they should, 
make it clear, but saying that you can't go get him and pay him 50 or $60 million a year like the Browns paid Deshaun Watson. But Andrew's point, though, is well taken, is yes, you can, <laughs> if you really think that's the guy. Aaron Rodgers, different story. You're talking about maybe, if you're lucky, two years, I think. But either way, Mo, it was a really interesting piece because it did even challenge some of my assumptions. Right, and I think we've said something very similar that you don't want to have to pay Aaron Rodgers because then it could hamper what you could do with the defense. And basically, Andrew's point is, you could still do things with the defense and get get an Aaron Rodgers. But I think my main stick point with Aaron Rodgers is I'm not giving up a first rounder for a guy, as you said, right. maybe around for two years tops. Yep. Now, if you're going to get a quarterback and pay him $50 million a year, then you have to also understand that you also have to draft well. That's where the rookie contracts conversation comes in. Right. So those guys on rookie contracts have to contribute. It's one thing to have them on your roster, but they have to be able to contribute <laughs> if you're going to have a $50 million a year quarterback. The other thing is you have to spend wisely in free agency. So if you if you pay a guy, let's say $50 million, a quarterback $50 million, 45 to $50 million a year, you're probably not going to have two other guys making top-of-the-market salaries. But that doesn't mean that you can't still fill out the roster with some good free agent pickups because not they're guys that are going to be making outside the top 10 at their position, they could still be productive. So to Andrew's point, yes, you could still build a roster, but your regime, your front office has to be very good at drafting and free agent pickups because if you whiff on a couple of guys that you pay decent money to, it's not going to look good. So I get Andrew's point, but you also – the other part of this is your regime, your, your front office has to be good at finding talent. So, and that's the crux too, because, because, and he says this in the piece and, and, and it all comes down to this, which is, does your front office and your cap management team do a good enough job? He's in essence saying that it's not easy per se, but if you have people who know what they're doing, then you can do it. And he talked to, I thought it was really interesting because we talked our episode on the salary cap and explaining it by the way, was as I think our most downloaded episode over the last couple months, uh, is the cap management versus cash management. When you see cap numbers, and a lot of fans out there listening and watching us, oh, well, we only have so much cap space. You get focused on the wrong thing because there's cap and there's cash. And, and you can those are separate things. So when you have a player making cash, big signing bonuses are troublesome because – you get the cash up front and you think, oh, well, that's great. But then it's back ended on the end of the contract and it's 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 prorated out the length of the contract in your cap hit. So so what Brant calls, and this is something that good cap managers do, and I looked in to what the Chiefs have done, and it's exactly what they've done, which is you kind of pay as you go. You give a guy money and you spread it out over a certain amount of time, a lengthier amount of time, but it counts against your cap less. And so the cash up front is not as great, but the player has security. You guarantee the money down the line. So to me, this is why this year and what the Raiders do at quarterback almost is less important than how you watch they manage the contracts, right? Because you could look at last year, Mo, and say, well, geez, the Chandler Jones contract, eh, right? On the other side of it, the Derek Carr contract, and they're out on it, not a bad deal for either side, by the way. And so the jury's still out on whether this team can manage the cap effectively. The premise here, though, if you read the piece, is that it's all contingent on your front office being on the ball. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I like the fact that he explained how he handled things as a as a cap guy with the Packers. He said he usually tried to match the cash with the cap. Right. So that you don't have that link. I think he called it sludge. Sludge. So that, that lingering cap room payment that you kick down the road that you see the New Orleans, which is what the New Orleans Saints do year after year is why they are able to free up so much space because they're, they, they're pushing money down the road. And eventually that's, that bill is going to come due for them. Yeah, but what what Brant says he tries to usually Matt he tried to as close as possible. So if he's, a player is getting ten million in cash, ten million uh, earmark for cash space, he would try to get that player close to ten million in cash, so that again you don't have that lingering sludge years down the line. You have you still have that flexibility. So that's just yeah. a quick example of how he handled things. And he's he also said that he's starting to see teams do the opposite. You hear all the time, guy gets a signing bonus, is prorated, and it, it gets complicated, but. All you have to know is that when you when you hear that that proration of the signing bonus, that that earmarks cap room down the line. It makes it less flexible for you to move things around. Whereas if you pay cash up front, it gives you more flexibility years down the line, years to come. Yeah, and he he created gave example here, which he talks about Aaron Rodgers this year, and he says the team's going to have a forty million dollar cap hit even if he's not there. So if they trade Aaron Rodgers, they're going to incur a forty million dollar cap hit. That's the same cap charge the Falcons had for Matt Ryan last year, <laughs> which is pretty incredible uh, when he played for the Colts. And the Eagles had a $34 million cap charge for Carson Wentz when he played for the Colts as well. So, so again, the, paying a top quarterback cash is not the issue. It's dealing with the leftover cap figure. So we hope you got smarter there. I, I just really found <laughs> that piece because you know what? Andrew is really great. And yes, he gets heady because this is his business and he also teaches it at Villanova. But I think as fans uh, and, and people who observe the league, like you and I, we sometimes forget the difference. We start talking cap numbers. We start talking about bonuses. And, and when you realize to your point, which I thought you took one of the best points away from this, which is if you can match the cap number with the cash number, that's that's how you're managing it, the, as he called it, the pay-as-you-go type of situation. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see if the Raiders do that. I think, to your point, when we see some of these free agent deals come down with the Raiders, Mo, we'll have a better idea for how they're managing it, and we'll get a better sense for how it might be for them three or four years down the road. I think the first couple of days of that tampering period is going to tell us a lot about how they're going to build this roster. Because remember last year when people were saying uh, – Daisley would sleep at the wheel because nothing was happening. Yeah. Meanwhile, they, they come down with this major deal and give Devontae Adams an extension. I think if the Raiders come out guns blazing and they're very aggressive, it's going to show that, yeah, we're, we're going to try to build through the draft with our picks, but we also want to get the defense or we want to get the offensive line a lot better quickly while we have some of these players in their prime, like Devontae Adams and, and Darren Waller and Max Crosby and guys like that. So, I, I'm interested to see how aggressive they are this year in free agency in the tampering period versus last year. Now, I will say if they are aggressive, 
I think it increases the probability that Dayzik is going to be open to doing making moves during the draft, not necessarily just throwing draft picks away. But if he likes a guy, a quarterback per se, maybe he's willing to move up for number three because he filled so many holes in free agency. So I, I think it'll also give us an idea how aggressive they're going to be in the draft as far as moving up for a play if they like said player. Yep, I agree 100%. All right, we're going to step aside real quick for a break. When we come back, we'll take you home. That's right, a final segment of this edition, the final edition of Silver and Black today in the month of February, this short 28-day month. I got to get somebody to explain the whole calendar and how this 28 days. I had, I had, um, I saw some scientists explain that if we added another day to February permanently, it would like throw the axis off the world and we'd all fall off or something. It's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, if anybody knows out there, there's somebody out there who's smart enough that listens to us who can tell us uh, what the deal is. But anyway, last ep- episode of February, when we come back. scared me. I know. Almost, almost, you almost, I thought you was going to say our last episode of Silver Black Tales. I was like, what happened? Are we, are we getting bumped off the air? Getting no, we're the number here? three NFL podcast in the network. Come on now. All right. When we come back, though, I want to get into something I saw, which is really interesting, which is the most expensive offenses in the NFL. Who are they? Where do the Raiders over the last four years? Where do the Raiders rank on that? Based on what you know, I'll be interested to see what people say in the chat as we build up to that. We're going to come back with Mo and Scott here talking about that on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. 